Yeah.
Father, just thank you for a day, God, just to come together and just worship you, God, and sing praises to you, God. Just as this song says, God, I'm thankful that you take our failures, our mistakes, God. God, that nothing is wasted, God. You can take all that, as Romans 8, 28 says, God. You make all things to work together. Lord, I just pray that you would pierce our hearts with your word today. Let us leave here challenged and changed. In your name we pray, we ask you for all these things, and we thank you for all these things. Amen. Welcome to the bridge. We're glad you're here. Glad you're with us. Um, supposed to be a guest speaker today, according to the schedule that I had placed at the end of last year that I make out, uh, but with all things changing, I decided to not bring in a guest speaker from outside sources. We've had uh, Albie and Dusty and Leslie speak so far this year, so We've heard from other people other than me. I think you need to do that. I think it's uh, a good thing for the church to be diverse and to hear uh, different voices from time to time. But today was for a guest speaker, so I didn't have a topic uh, written down. I was going to leave it up to that guest speaker to come and speak whatever they wish. But uh, as I look into this and thought about this week, what would... I say to the church, given an opportunity without something planned out. So this is something different that I'm not accustomed to, and I've been uh, planning my schedule and my sermons ahead for years. It's not something I've just done for the past couple of years. I've been doing it for multiple, multiple years. So when I get a chance like this to say something that I don't have scheduled, it's a little bit different for me. So hopefully I can uh, make my way through this and hopefully make sense of it. And hopefully it'll apply to us today, where we're at, what we're going through, what we're facing. And we'll see uh, a difference in our community and in our lives as people here at the Bridge Church today. So I want everybody to walk away with uh, a sense of urgency about the hour we're living. And a sense of urgency about the mission that God has called us to. I want to make sure and mention that uh, sometimes I don't say this often enough, maybe, that the mission of our church, the bridge, is to become Christ-like by learning together and serving others. So the reason this church exists is for that mission. So I want us to understand that. I want us to know it. I want us to be able to repeat that. So I'm going to ask you to repeat it right now. Say, the bridge, the bridge. Church, church, is to become, become. Christ-like by learning together and serving others. So if you want to know what you should be doing, that's it. Learn together and serve others. And if we fulfill those things, I believe God will be extremely happy with us. That if we are truly his children, that we will be doing those things. And God is asking us as Christians in this day, in this hour, and in this time that we're living in, to learn and to serve. And if you don't think there's an opportunity to serve in the world we're living in right now, maybe you need to pull the scales off your eyes and pray and ask God to open up your eyes, your spiritual eyes, to be able to see what he's asking you to do for the community around you. And you can apply that to whatever you want. I'm not just talking COVID. I'm not just talking uh, economic thing. I'm talking about every area of your life. See if you can't find somebody in your community to serve because somebody there in our surroundings, in our community here, even in our church, there's people hurting that needs help. 
that needs hope, that needs healing, that needs all kinds of things. And if you can't find somebody to serve, hit me up. I'll find you somebody. I can assure you that. So, as with uh, other things that have been talked about this year, I want to title this sermon today, The High Road Bridge. The High Road Bridge. And I want to discuss three different roads. We're going to end up with the high road. And I think we all have a little bit of an understanding to what that means. And we've talked about it before. I've said that here before, talking about taking the high road. But I want to talk about some other roads too. And beginning with, there's three roads that I want to talk about. The first one being the low road. The second one being the middle of the road. And the third one, the high road. So let's start with the first one, and that being the low road. I think it's Randy Travis, the singer, said that the road to hell is paved with good intentions. And I've heard that song. I've always been a Randy Travis fan. I, I think he's a great singer. I love his voice, the uniqueness of it and all that. And uh, Randy Travis has had his ups and downs for sure. But whenever I begin to study about the low road and thinking about the road to hell is paved with good intention, I looked it up and actually that phrase or that coined term dates all the way back even to Uh, the past millennium, early in the millennium. And St. Bernard of Clarifax, he said that hell is full of good intentions and de desires. So that's kind of where that phrase or that terminology comes from. And then later on in 1670, there's people that cite uh, a proverb by a guy named John Ray. And he says that hell is paved with good intentions. Randy Travis took it a little farther and said, the road to hell is paved with good intention. So as we speak about that, I want you to know that the low road is a road that is truly paved with good intentions. And if we look for a biblical uh, verse that kind of goes along with that topic or that proverb, it's Ecclesiastes 21.10. It says, The way of sinners is made plain with stones, but at the end thereof is a pit of hell. The way of sinners is made plain with stones, but the end of thereof is the pit of hell. In other words, the low road is easy street. It's well paved, and everybody else is going that way. It's the easy path to take. It's the one where you fit in. It's the one where you don't stand out. It's the one where you don't draw attention to yourself. You may just say, well, I'm just going to go along with the flow. I'm going with the flow. You may say, well, it seems right to me. Everybody else is doing it. But I can promise you this, that that road will take you right straight to the path of hell. Christians should not follow anybody but the Lord Jesus Christ and our Heavenly Father. Amen? And sure, the Apostle Paul, I know, said, follow me as I follow Christ. 
But he was only saying, follow me if and when I'm following Christ. Because I know from reading the Bible that the apostle Saul at one point in time, you wouldn't want to follow his direction. He was watching Christians be murdered and holding coats and encouraging it. All people, all humans, has flaws and errors and deals with issues. And I'll tell you that this today, that I have some character flaws, I have some issues, I have some things that I have to work out in my life on a daily basis. And I'll tell you to follow me as I follow Christ, but if you see me not following Christ, get off my path and get in touch with Jesus. Because the more you follow Him, the better off you are. The easier life is. The better life is. And it might be hard, but it is easier in a way that when you're following Him, you know where you're going. You know where you're going to end up. You know that heaven is worth gaining, that hell is worth shunning. And life on the easy street is not the one to lead. It's not the one to follow. So follow me as I follow Christ, yes. Follow others in the church as you see them, the leaders. The elders of the church, when you're learning from others, learn from those with wisdom. Learn with those with age. Learn with those with understanding. And sometimes it don't just have to be age. Somebody say amen. amen. I know some old people. It's full baloney. I know that's probably Lewis County slang term, but that's okay. That's where we're at. That's who I'm talking to. You gotta be careful who you're listening to. The Bible says in a multitude of counselors there's wisdom. In a multitude of them. You know why there's a multitude? Because not all them counselors are always right. Amen. The reason God told us to have surround ourselves with a cloud of witnesses is so that we see that cloud of witnesses and we can portray the good parts and good attributes to each one of them. Because you can get some bad advice from gray-haired people. I've been watching my little buddy on TikTok and YouTube or TikTok that Betty's been sharing me of her grandson. And I'm glad he's sitting here this morning. I was sitting there watching him and looking at him. And a little young man, not very old, how old is he? 11 years old. And I've been hearing him spout some wisdom. Amen. 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 From the mouth of babes, I perfected praise. God said that. There's some wisdom coming out of some young people. Let them speak. We shouldn't hold them back and say, wait your turn. Wait till another day. Wait till your generation's ready. The time is now to speak. And I'm proud of him for doing that. And I was looking at, I was sitting there looking at him with pride this morning and thinking how grateful I am to be a pastor with the young 11-year-old that's willing to stand up for what is right, to speak about heaven in its reality and he can talk about heaven in a way that makes it understandable sometimes people with a lot of words or a lot of wisdom or a lot of knowledge they'll make heaven so confounded and so hard to obtain that you can't even understand it but you can listen to a little 11 year old and he'll put it out there in two or three sentences and you're thinking wow that's where I want to go you need to listen to those people too so it's just not gray hair it's not blue hair it's not Black hair, it's not brown hair, it's not red hair. Hey Amen, there's a little bit of diversity in the crowd. It's not blonde hair. Some people with no hair. Per, blonde, yeah, the no hairs is the prettiest one. Man, Howie's got agreement on that. 
God makes some perfect heads. Every other one he covered with hair. So that's why that's there. Just so you know, I, I want you to know that. Um, so that's the low road. Everybody say, I'm sick of the low road. Is there anybody that will admit today that you've taken the low road from time to time in your life? Amen? That I've took the low road, and that means sometimes I've said some hurtful things to people. And I've been confrontational, and I've been uh, a promoter of division. That's the low road. God's asking us to be better than that. So a bridge to the high road or the high road bridge is not the low road. So next up, number two, is the middle of the road. Has anybody ever heard that term, middle of the road? I've heard it a lot. Not a lot of people are on it. Amen? Not a lot of people are middle of the road. People's either a lot of different topics. They might be extreme leftist or extreme right or extreme this or extreme that or whatever. We can get extremes in anything you want. Me and Leslie's a little bit different. Right now, I'm kind of in love with race cars. She hates them. So we're the op opposite ends of the spectrum on that. I witnessed Earl and Amy go through that last year, and Amy won. Now Earl ain't got a race car. Poor Earl. <laughs> he still wants one, though. And I've been a person that tried to live my life, and I've tried to do this in the best way I know how, to be in the middle of the road on a lot of different things. But the more I live and the longer I live, the more I'm seeing that sometimes it's hard to be in the middle of the road. Some people say if you're straddling the fence, you're not on either side. So I looked up the road, middle of the road definition according to Merriam-Webster and it said, a course of action or standpoint midway between extremes. A course of action or a standpoint midway between extremes. Does anybody know any extreme people? Maybe you're sitting beside them. Look straight ahead. Don't look over at them. They're going to think you're talking about them right now or something. There's some extremists out there. And I'm not just talking about jihadists or extremists in the Muslim faith. There's extreme Christians. They're extremists. And they don't bring freedom. They don't bring liberty. They don't bring peace. They don't bring safety. They don't bring hope. They bring destruction. Just because a person names herself as a Christian does not mean that they are in perfection, a state of perfection at this point in their life. Jesus very clearly said that some people is going to come to him and say, all those that say to him, Lord, Lord, are not going to enter into the kingdom of heaven. That's what the scripture teaches. We can't just say, you're my Lord, and then do whatever we want. Amen. We can't just say, he's my Lord, and then have all my own opinions, Amen. all my own divisiveness, all my, all my fits of rage, spouts of bitterness. I can't have those things as a Christian. That's been on the road for some people. It's the opposite of that. They'll say, well, I don't like being like that person, and I don't want to be like that person either. I'd rather just be right here. 
the road, the middle of the road. I'll tell you what road it is. It's the road that leads to the middle of nowhere. Anybody ever heard of the middle of nowhere? My brother lives out there. Have you ever been to Howie's house? It's the middle of nowhere. Right, Debo? He takes Debo out there and has him cut firewood and help him with that stuff. Debo likes the middle of nowhere. I'm not talking about a physical place when I say middle of nowhere. I'm not talking about people that, like Amy and Earl, bought a farm out away from everybody and going to build a dream home and all that. I'm not talking about that. I, I kind of look up to people that can make it off the land and do all those things. The road, the middle of the road that leads to the middle of nowhere, it's a base place, I think spiritually, that is very remote and isolated, that is not near where other many people live. It's a place where we as spiritual beings chart our own path, Work on our own soul salvation. You're supposed to do that. And do it with intentionality and purpose and reasoning. But we don't give one iota for anybody around us. I don't care if somebody goes to hell. I don't care if they go to heaven. That's the middle of the road type of person. I don't want to be that. I don't want to go nonchalantly through life just living in the middle of the road. Not affecting anybody. Not having any purpose or reason. Not having real compassion for anybody. Just doing what I want to do and making sure I go to heaven. And see people in my family go to hell. Or see people in my church go to hell. Amen? Amen. My job, my purpose, my reason for being here is to get as many people as I can yes. to go through that sky and live in a forever place called heaven with a man named Jesus. It's the most important thing ever in your life. And my job is to make it important to you. Amen. And I don't want to do it in a way that makes you, that demands you, that browbeats you. And I've talked to many people that talks about these extremism Christians yes. that'll browbeat people. Uh -huh. And I don't want to be that type of person. I want to be known as a loving, caring, compassionate Christian. Amen? That cares whether you go to hell or not. That truly is a person that looks out. For the betterment of others more than the betterment of myself. I'm glad this breeze is blowing because I'm sweating. Maybe it's because I'm talking about being in the middle of the road and this is what I've tried to do for the past several years. Stay out of controversial subjects. Anybody, anybody like that? Some people love controversy. Anybody out there that loves controversy? Well, say it was you late raising your hand. I, no, oh, you, oh, he's waving at a kid. Okay, I was just making sure. I, I seen you go like this. I didn't know what was happening. I want to make sure. You want to know something that most people that are controversial people that love fights and bickering and all that stuff, most of them won't admit it. Most of them's in self-denial of it. I don't want to be a middle-of-the-road person. But I don't want to be that person either. This middle-of-the-road spiritual person 
when we're that person, takes, our, takes away our ability to make a difference in the world in which we live. Some people paint Jesus as a middle-of-the-road guy, that he was a middle-of-the-road person. I gotta be careful how I say this, and I understand that. Because this church is named Bridge because I believe that this church was intended to bridge racial divides. Amen. I, that would have been a good place for an amen. I got one. Amen. amen. There we go. There we go. Got more coming. We'll take more. Anybody else got an amen on bridging racial divides? Amen. We are not enemies. Amen. We are fighting the same cause. Amen. It's called life and death. We all are in this battle of life and death. I say to you today that what Scripture teaches, choose life. Amen. Black lives matter. White lives matter. All lives matter. Why can't we all just get along? I love Rodney King's statement. Why can't we all just get along? Let's try. You know why we can't? Because we don't want to. Can't, can't do anything. We got to try to get along. It's not easy. It's not an easy street. Middle of the road is indifference. It's where you stand back and say, well, I just ain't going to say nothing. Come on, somebody. I witnessed this in school with bullying. Where do you just stand back and say, well, I don't want to stand up that boy. I'll just let him pick on that kid or whatever. When you don't say nothing, you're saying a lot. Amen. Amen. I'm speaking truth, whether we like it or not. And it's not just so. It's not just uh, ethnic or racial. I believe that we're to bridge even uh, economic gaps. I believe rich people is allowed to come to this church. I believe dark poor people can come to this church. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Joe, don't say me about that. Amen. I've seen people broke as a joke, and I've seen people that had enough to help other people here. That's the awesome part of this. Because that's actually what's written in Acts chapter 2. That the people had all things in common. That whenever I've got too much bread and my neighbor don't have bread, I can help them have bread. Amen. Glory to God, I can be a help. A middle of the road person sits back and says, well, I don't want to get in their business. And I don't want to make them feel uncomfortable. I'm going to help them with bread. If they ain't got no bread, I'm telling you right now, they'll take bread. Amen. I'm not saying to take it out in front of everybody and go to the middle of the street and say, well, meet me downtown on the courthouse lawn. i got a big speaker system set up, and I'm going to tell everybody I'm going to give you some bread. Sure. They won't come get it then. If you walk in our house, you say, I, I, I figured it out, and I, I think you might be hurting, and I realized it, and I noticed some things, and I, I want to help you. Amen. I promise you, they'll take your bread. Amen. Yes. I've done it. I've witnessed it. Yes. Amen. You know how you understand those things or know those things? Whenever God speaks to your heart and tells you yes. that somebody's in need, whenever you don't know it, Amen. whenever they ain't said a word, but the Spirit of God knows the heart of all men, and He can relate information between rich and poor, black and white. He can make us all equal on the same level, and He can cause us to have those common things. A middle-of-the-road person will say, I'll just stand back doing nothing. Yes. Somebody will find help. Somebody else's job. Don't be a middle-of-the-road person. Everybody say, I don't want to be a middle-of-the-road person. Some paint Jesus as that middle-of-the-road guy. I even thought this at one time myself. But I'm now convinced 
that he had high standards. We'll talk about the high road in just a minute. And I read in Scripture, and I read all the way through the Gospels, and I see a Jesus that conveyed these high standards to multitudes and multitudes. One time he met with 3,000 people in a rural desert area where there was no food, where there was nothing to eat, and 3,000 people sat down on a hillside. I want you to think about that. To hear a man from Galilee, to hear a man from Nazareth where there's nothing good's ever come from. And he's sitting there and he's speaking. And 3,000 people, and that's just the men not counting the women. There's a lot of people to hear his words. Jesus was not a middle-of-the-road guy because a middle-of-the-road guy would have sat back and said, well, that's somebody else's job to speak. Let the synagogue take care of that. You know what I'm saying? Let the Pharisees and Sadducees take care of that. I'm just going to run around helping a little bit here and there, and I'll just kind of take the low road and not be seen. And Jesus was out front. He was in front of it. He had high standards. That 3,000, another time in Scripture, it talks about in one of the Gospels that Jesus talked to 5,000 people, men, not counting women and children. He didn't just go to rural areas either. He went to the main city. He went to the city of Jerusalem on multiple occasions throughout the Gospels. And whenever he went into those cities, what would happen? He'd turn it on its head. Why? Because he'd walk by and he'd go by the poor zone where the guy had been laid there for 30 years on a mat that his friends had carried him down by a pool called Bethesda. And Jesus would look down and say, Do you want to be made well? That don't sound like middle of the road to me. That talks about some high standards to me. And he said, do you want me to be well? And the guy said, well, I ain't got nobody to get me in the water. They thought the water healed people. Can I tell you today that you ain't going to buy holy water off a TV to heal you? You've got a God sitting on the throne in heaven that has the power to heal, that has the will to heal you. Even in Old Testament, it says in Deuteronomy, I am the God which healeth thee. Psalms 103.3 says he, he heals all manner of diseases. Everybody say all. all. That takes every one of them into account. I, I, you know, it takes all the question out. Well, I don't know if he heals that kind or this kind or maybe that one here or there. No. Heals all manner of diseases. He can. We're to pray for it. We're to ask for it. We're to seek it. Not from men in holy bottles of water. I've seen them on TV. I'm not. There's good TV preachers too. I'm not saying not to listen to them. Listen to them here or there. They tell you to buy water, and that's the only way you can get healed. Don't believe it. They tell you if you only send in a hundred dollars to love offerings, the only way you're going to be blessed. Hogwash. Yes, amen. The Bible tells me different. Amen. It says I'm blessed and highly favored. Amen. Yes, amen. Why? Because the Bible tells me, not because somebody on TV told me if I send them a hundred bucks. Yes. I don't care if you give 50 cents in this offering or one penny or $5,000. It don't matter to me. Amen. God loves you just the same. He and He'll bless you because He wants you to be a blessing. Amen. 
I gotta quit. It's 11.16 and I'm sweating and it's running down my back. Good thing I got a belt on. He went to that city of Jerusalem. The Bible says in the Old Testament that that is the apple of God's eye. It's the city that is a beautiful place that God truly loves. And Jesus went there. But one time Jesus went out through Samaria too, and that was a place that nobody went. When Jesus went through there, he met a woman at a well, didn't he? And that woman at the well said, why are you coming here? You're a Jew. You ain't supposed to come here. You're not like us. But Jesus was a bridge. Amen. He was a bridge to this woman that day. She had had five husbands, was living with somebody else that wasn't her husband. And guess what? Jesus walked up. And where she walked up to him on that well, her life changed that day. You know why? Because Jesus wasn't a middle-of-the-road guy that sat back and said, I don't want to be controversial. I don't want to be around Samaritans. I don't have to take up with the Jews. He was right in the middle of all of it. Come on, somebody. That's the Jesus we serve. He told her, he said, there's coming a day, and it's not far off. Because that woman said, why are you, you, we worship here, and you worship in Jerusalem. Jesus said, there's coming a day where they're going to worship me in every mountain, on every place throughout the planet. They can worship on a greenside knoll, on a little hillside out here in Vanceburg, Kentucky. Amen. And they can worship the God of heaven. The one that created heaven and earth. God didn't create this place to have little hubs and little sections and favoritism. He loves the world that he gave his son. That's not middle of the road to me. That's putting yourself out there. Amen. Spirit and truth. I got to skip some of that. She get mad. <laughs> truth. They will worship me in spirit and truth. Yes. What is truth? Can somebody say it's hard to find truth? Anybody believe that? Anybody believe it's hard to find truth? Yes. I've said that a lot. Studied for a sermon, I've got, it's like a recalibration has happened with me. And I say that in not just political, not just, Amen. I, I watch all kinds of stuff. I read all kinds of articles. I read blogs. I read a little bit of everything, listen to podcasts. I do it all as far as trying to get information to find truth. And my grandma told me that truth is hard to find. And sometimes it really is truth about a certain thing that's going on and there is people that manipulate there is fake news and there is false news and there's real news and there's all that stuff that's not the truth I'm talking about the real truth I didn't bring my Bible Leslie's is in the truck I got it on my phone though the real truth is in that Bible if you're seeking for truth if you're seeking for answers, don't watch MSNBC. Don't watch Fox News. That's too extreme. They're both extremisms. CNN, NPR, 
New York Times, Huffington Post, name them all. That's a lot of extremisms. Be careful. Because if you look to them and think, well, maybe they'll tell me the truth, we're not going to get the true truth. The true truth is found in the Scripture, in the Bible that God gave us. And the reason I can say that with confidence is I know this, as I was studying through this, thinking about this topic. Where did truth begin? Who initiated truth? Our Heavenly Father did. You want to know when He did? He created heaven and earth. He put all of it in existence. He formed man out of the dust of the earth. He got man up. Then next thing you know, man got lonely because he wanted a woman. God took his rib, made a woman. And he told him. You know what God told him? The truth. You know what the truth was? There was a tree in that garden that you don't eat of. That's who God is. He tells truth. And truth sometimes can be offensive. Amen. Truth can be offensive. And whenever he told them the truth, what did they do? They did it anyway. You know why? Because we do it anyway. Because we want our version of the truth. I want my opinion. I'm not worried about his. I'm not worried about what his Bible says. I'm worried about my opinion. We've got to watch. I'm going to get on the next topic. Middle-of-the-road people are people with opinions that try to do it in silence. And Christians, I'm here to implore you today that there's too many silent Christians. Amen. There's too many silent Christians. And I'm not talking about personality types. There's some people that can say very little but say a whole lot. Amen? You know those people in your life. I know one sitting here in this crowd right now. I've heard him say, I don't know, maybe two or three senses in, in a couple of years. But when he says something, it'll make a lot of sense. And it's worth listening when he talks. And I know people in this crowd that talks a lot and got very little to say. I can just tell the truth, sorry. How many believes what I'm talking about? Amen. Opinions are good, but the truth is better. The high road, this is the last one we're done. It's 23 after, unless they said we'll be done in an hour. That means I got seven minutes. And I'm sweating. And we're going to go eat. Eating's fun. Hey, I've lost weight. Again. I'm falling off to nothing, and I like it. Well, not nothing. I mean, nothing for me. I weigh 228. I'm 185 this morning. 185. And that's because of people like Dusty that led the way. What? I said I ain't saying how much I weigh, so you can have that. People like Dusty and other people work out, Elizabeth, and I've watched and witnessed and I got a bad report from a doctor, and I thought, got to thinking I need to get more healthy, and praise God, he's allowed me to be that. Amen. I still eat whatever I want. Amen. I just eat very little of it. There you go. Because you know what? There's truth in the Scripture. If you go back and do what the Bible tells you to do as far as eating habits and things, I promise you this, you'll be more healthy. 
Amen? I don't think there's pop in the Bible. I know Pepsi will probably quit funding us during all of our events now and all that, but so be it. I actually never, never sent us a dollar for the church, so I ain't really worried about it. I love people that work for Pepsi and Coke and go make you a living. I'm all about it. The high road. Everybody say the high road. The high road. Look at your neighbor. Say, take the high road. Take the high road. Betty, you was looking at me. Why was you looking at me, Betty? That was offensive. Wow. Everybody make sure everybody gets looked at. Look at some look at two different people or three different people. Look at them and say, take the high road. Take the high road. Earl, take the high road. Derek, you take the high road. You Todd, you take it too. You guys really wasn't offensive enough about it. Try to tell you the Christians need to be a little more offensive, so. Now I want you to point your finger at them. Get that stern look in your eye. Now I want you to tell them, take a high road. Take a high road. Take, no, point it, point Sandy. You point right over at Ryan. I know you're leading yeah, the Bible baby. study and you got to be a good Christian and all that. Point at somebody. Amen. We ain't going to be the middle of the rotors backing up. Oh, I'm afraid of somebody. I can't point at nobody. Tell them nothing. You ain't going to hurt my poor little feelings. Laugh it off. Amen, sister. I agree with you. The high road is a road that Jesus wants us to follow. God expects us to live a godly, peaceful, humble, but yet convicted life. He doesn't leave us to fight for ourselves. He's a very present help in the time of trouble. And this conflicted, divided crazy world that we're living in. We're not living it alone. Jesus said He would never leave us nor forsake us. He said that He would send the Holy Spirit to be a, Holy Spirit to be a comforter to us, to be our counselor, to be our guide. He is all those things present with you, not only here at a church service, but everywhere your feet shall trod. Amen. When you go to work, when you're driving home, when you're doing whatever you're doing, He is there. And He's causing you and telling you to take the high road. And some think the high road is a road that you take. It's just a passive person that sits back and it's kind of like the middle of the road type of thing. Because a lot of people think whenever you say high road, take the high road, it means just don't, you know, don't offend anybody, just take the high road and don't make no waves. No. No. It's not that. The high road is a road of truth that we talked about a minute ago. The high road is a road that will stop us from using our opinions as truth because it only offends people in society and it doesn't really change anything. Can I ask you a question? Has your opinion, your personal opinions, where you got into an argument with somebody, did it ever change anybody? I, I haven't. Me and Leslie fight pretty often. We're good at it. We're, we're professionals. A lot of people, when they first come to church, are like, oh, look at that couple. They're awesome. 
let's go hang out with them. Then they go out and eat with us, and they're like, my goodness, who in the world is that? All they do is fight. We do it in jest a little bit because it's the best way to do it. Because oh, if you let all of it build up, then you're going to have a real fight, and that's no fun. So we just do it a little bit at a time. It's easier to get through that way. I'm trying, to get, I'm trying to give you a little bit of information there. Amen. Don't let it build up. Take care of business. Amen. A little bit of wisdom. Nuggets of truth. High road. You're going to have, you're going to have difference of opinion with people. Opinions cause division. I don't want you to do that. Who thinks Jesus took the high road? How many believes that Jesus took the high road? He wasn't the middle of the road guy. We proved that a minute ago. He wasn't a low road taker. I promise you that. He ain't, in, he ain't in hell today. He didn't just have good intentions, no actions. He had actions. Amen. He performed some miracles. He done all kinds of good things. Was he always silent? No. We proved a minute ago he talked to 3,000 people, 5,000 people, went to Jerusalem, went to one woman in a well. He done it all. Silent wasn't his issue. One people, a verse that people use all the time when they talk about Jesus' silence like he was some laid-back, silent, casual person was the woman caught in adultery where they brought him up to him. And you know the story that he's standing there and all these uh, religious people, because religious people do this, they'll, they'll, they'll take you out and they'll put you on the altar and they'll stand there with stones and they're ready to kill you because you've done a little bit of something wrong. I'm not saying do the wrong things. I'm telling you how religious people are. And as they stood there that day, the religious folks, they had had all this understanding. They had looked at all these things, and they knew Scripture, and they knew a lot of verses to back them up, and they'd use it out of context and make their own ideal out of it. They brought this woman caught in adultery, and adultery is pretty bad. Amen? But does it deserve death? No, they brought her to him. They, they put her down there on the ground, they looked at Jesus, and they said, Moses told us to stone people to commit adultery. What did Jesus do? Was he silent? Was he silent? No. He said something. He said these words. He of you that is without sin, throw the first stone. And they was already standing there with stones in their hands because they had to drop their stones and walk away because each one of them, from the least to the greatest and the greatest to the least, knew they had sin in their heart. How many of you sitting here today has sinned this past week. Amen. Anybody raise your hand? Amen. If you didn't raise your hand, you're lying. Probably not telling the truth. There's a lot of commandments, and you probably broke one of them. 600 and some of them to be in Old Testament, so I know you broke one of them. Amen. It's hard to live by. God tried it a few years ago. It's just about impossible. If it was possible, Jesus wouldn't have had to come. We'd still be living in Old Testament ways. Amen? I'm thankful for the grace of God. Amen? Thankful for Jesus. But Jesus told them that, and as they all walked away, there was one person sitting when she opened up her eyes and when she sat up and she looked. And sure, he was writing on the ground and he was scribbling around. He was doing all kinds of things. And people use that as Jesus in silence. He said something before he was silent. So I want to use this for a model talking about the high road. There's times when you say something. It's not an opinion. It's the truth. But then you got to shut up. Where Christians get in trouble when they try to take the high road is they'll tell the truth of a scripture and then they'll fight and argue and bicker and get in all kinds of situations and churches divide over it. And it's craziness. The church shouldn't be that way. Christians shouldn't be that way. 
The high road is better than that. There's a time to speak and there's a time to shut up. Jesus did both. That's the high road. Speak the truth, shut up, and let God do the actions and taking care of it. Because those people, whenever they stood there and started thinking, do I got sin? Better not do that. I'm going to get stoned. They all had to drop their stones and walk away, didn't they? If I told you today, Jews allowed to stone Leslie because she sinned this week in some way, shape, or form, throw rocks at her, but anybody without sin, throw the first stone, everybody here would have to walk away, same way. Can we do it anyway? Do it anyway? Yeah. <laughs> After the way she talked to that one girl all ago, I don't know. I... Just Andrea. Poor Andrea. Love you, Andrea. I'll, I'll give you grace. and I'll speak louder in the mic just by... Just by knowing I need to and all that, I don't care. It's not a big problem. I, I love God and love people. Jesus done both. That was a very profound statement and way of looking and contextualizing a scripture. They was using scripture to stone a lady for sinning. And Jesus put it in perspective in one way. You know what that way was? Let God be the judge. That'd be a good place for an amen from a bunch of Christian people. Amen. You know he needs to judge your neighbor? Not you. Amen. Let God do it. Yes. Amen? He'll do a good job of it. Because we're sinners. Yes, we're saved by grace. Yes, we're all these things in the New Testament. But guess what? It don't mean that you are the judge, the jury, the lawmaker, and all that. Amen. Speak the truth. Shut up. And walk away. That's what I'm getting ready to do right now. I want to say this, that the truth is offensive. You think it was offensive for those people to hear that? If I called you a sinner, everybody self-admitted to sin and long ago. But if I stood here and pointed out and said, well, I know you're doing this and you're doing that. And I've seen your Facebook post. And I've seen this and your Twitter account. And I watched your TikTok and blah, blah, blah. I went through all that and pointed out everybody's sin and call you a sinner. That's offensive, ain't it? But Jesus said it in a way that was offensive. But yet at the same time, it had an effect. It wasn't Jesus' opinion. It was the truth. They walked away because they knew they had sinned. An offensive opinion equals death. Everybody say that. An offensive opinion equals death. Nobody's saying nothing. Say it or we're going to stay here all day. An offensive opinion equals death. Proverbs 15, a gentle answer turns away anger, but a harsh word makes tempers flare. Yes. Come on, somebody. These are good things. Amen. Tongues of the wise makes knowledge appealing, but the mouth of the fool beleaches out foolishness. Yes. There's a good... Go look it up. Proverbs 15. Everybody here needs to read that, I promise you. I'm just stopping right there, but it's plum full. Read the whole chapter. Proverbs 15. Offensive truth in love... Everybody say in love. Yeah. Equals life. That's what I want. I don't want to speak death. I want to speak life. Sometimes I can tell the truth, but in love, not in anger, not in bitterness, but in love, 
And the verse I want to say about that is Ezekiel, Old Testament prophet. God told him, go down here and look at this valley. And the valley is full of dry bones. And he told him, what do you see? He said, I see a bunch of dry bones, dead things. When we look out and we see people, our neighbor, our friends, our family, that are not Christians and we know they're going to split hell wide open, you understand that that is death, right? There's no life really in them. And God said, what do you see? Well, I see death. And he said, go and speak life to those dry bones. How many believes that dead things can live? Jesus brought the dead back to life even before he rose from the dead. The little girl. Amen. Jesus brought dead things to life even before he rose from the dead. When my grandpa died, they come down that waiting room and told me, I was a young enough, dumb enough Christian at that time point in my life. They said, you can go up there with him. You can go see him. They had him in this room. He was cold. As cold as an ice cube. I walked in that room. And I knelt down over his body. And I wrapped my arms around his neck. And I prayed. And I prayed. And I prayed that he would come alive. Because I believe the Bible tells me that dead things can live. And I'm going to pray that prayer. Even when it's the last thing and the last time i got to see him. I'm going to pray that prayer until there's no more hope left. Why? Because I believe it's possible. Did it happen that day? No. But I want to pray like that no matter what situation I'm going through in life. No matter what family member I'm talking about, I'm going to pray and I'm going to speak truth and I'm going to speak life until there is no more hope. And when the hope is gone, it's whenever I have no more breath to breathe. Amen? That's when I'll quit hoping. That's when I'll quit praying. That's what I'll quit seeking. Today, what are you going to choose? What are you going to choose? We haven't done this for a while. Usually at the end of church service, we stand up. I want you to stand up. you to bow your heads. And I want you to pray a very simple prayer. I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to help you take the bridge to the high road. I want everybody here to pray that prayer right now. Just say, Holy Spirit, take me to the bridge that leads to the high road. And I just want you to contemplate on that just for a minute. Father, I want to thank you for this day. God, I want to thank you for this opportunity as a church. 
Lord, that we're assembled here on this hillside. God, that we're hearing truth. God, we can sense your spirit is making a difference in our lives. Heavenly Father, I pray right now that every person under the sound of my voice is they're praying here today and making willful decisions to follow you, to not only call you their Lord, but to truly ask you to make them a disciple of you. God, I pray that you would empower them to be bold witnesses for you to this earth. God, that the only offensive things that they do would be speaking truth and then allowing the moments of silence to make a difference because that's where you work. God, I pray today that as they walk away from this place, God, that they walk away changed. And Lord, that the course of history will be changed from this day forward. And God, that actions would be walked out. That it wouldn't be intentions, but it will turn to actions. Gives us steps to apply your word in our lives. Lord, I'm thankful for everyone here. I'm thankful for all you're doing. Help us to be at the bridge that leads to the high road. In Jesus' name. Everybody says, Amen. Amen.